Hey, Fangirl Nation, it is Tracy Sandler, your 49ers fangirl, joined as always for Fangirl Talk with our Jaguars fangirl, Steph McCarroll. How are you, Steph? I'm doing well. Lots have happened this week, so I'm very excited to just get right into it. Yes, I think so as well. Let's get started. So why don't we talk a little bit, um, let's start with Eric Reed. And what happened with him and Malcolm Jenkins? Uh, why don't you recap for everybody? So apparently, um, of course, the Eagles and the um, Carolina Panthers faced off this weekend. And sometime before kickoff, there was a discussion between Malcolm Jenkins and, of course, Eric Reed, who were part of the Players' co- Coalition. And somehow, some way, there was some discussion, some argument, whatever you want to say, and it resulted in the players being separated. And then after the fact, after the game, Eric Reed called Malkin Jenkins a sellout. He called him all the things that you would expect to kind of hear. So that's what happened. There was some controversy about it. There were some reporters. There was some racial discrimination. I think there was some racial stuff that came out on Twitter. So it was quite the controversy. It was. And I think it all stems from, you know, everything that has happened with Colin Kaepernick. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's not terribly surprising. Malcolm Jenkins had very nice things to say about Eric Reed, but clearly there is a differing of opinion there uh but uh that was you know interesting to see and then of course the Panthers ended up with a huge comeback win uh so that was good uh so anyways that was uh that was some big excitement for lack of a better term yesterday but you know clearly all of this stuff is not going away and it shouldn't um and there's probably ways to handle it um with a constructive dialogue but it was just kind of you know, interesting to see all that happen yesterday. Um, And then, of course, there was a lot of drama in the game just in terms of the comeback and and what happened there. So uh, wanted to kind of just address that and acknowledge it and kind of see what happens going forward um, with Reed this season and this discourse that's going on in the NFL. Yeah, I think it's fair to at least acknowledge the fact, and, I, and I've and i talked about this, and I did it on your website on 49ers Fangirl when I did the guest blog, is that you can never really separate social politics or social, you know, things that are happening in the world absent sports, because this is just part, it's a microcosm of what's going on in our world. So this is always going to be part of the sports world as long as it's happening in the bigger world. So I think it's important that fans, sports fans understand that regardless of where you, you know, sit on the issues, you have to realize that people are people and they're going to address it in their everyday life. This is part of their bigger world. So you're going to see it in sports. It's just the way it is. Yes, I agree 100%. Um, I agree 100%. Um, And kind of moving on a little bit, uh, I want you to talk about the Jaguars and what is going on there. Things are a little bit of a hot mess in Jacksonville right now. now. (laughs) 
Yes. <laughs> it's bad. I mean, there's no, like, qualms about it. There's no way to sugarcoat it. The Jaguars are definitely struggling. And after Blake Bortles was replaced with Kessler, you know, and, you know, Marone was very specific after replacing him and with the after the you know game he said he did it to literally spark anything and everything the Jaguars had left so he was doing it to just basically change the scenery whatever it was and you know Kessler just went up there and said hey let's win this exploitive thing you know he was basically saying let's do this let's win and you know it did work I mean to be honest with you in a lot of ways it worked some ways it didn't but the the defense had three consecutive stops after that fact so clearly it did something it changed the dynamic it was something that happened now I'm not blaming Bortles for everything I think that he is doing everything within his power, but I think it's something, it's a, a bit of a reality check for everybody involved that it's, it takes more than just a quarterback. It takes more than what's going on in Jacksonville and just a great defense to win football games. And I think that they're facing that harsh reality. Yes, I think uh, they are facing that harsh reality. Um, and it'll be kind of interesting to see what happens. They are in London this weekend, correct? Yes. So I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. Is Bortles going to start? Um, I don't know. What do you think? It, I, To be honest, I think it's a toss-up. I think that Bortles will probably start. If they make a change, it'll be after the London matchup. I think that that would make the most sense because then they can come back and, you know, change their game plan. But I think that as far as – what they're doing is just trying to at least win a football game at this juncture. So it's something that, um, you know, it's not ideal for any football franchise, but I think at this point they're seeing how can they win the game. And that's probably their best bet. And they know that they can always bring in someone if, if, if Bortles isn't winning, they can make a change. But I think that, it's not something they're going to do right off the bat. Okay. I think that probably, uh, I think that probably does make sense. Were you very happy to have Carlos Hyde back on a team that you cover? Yeah. Well, you know how I feel about Carlos Hyde. I mean, I, I like the guy. I love the fact that he is one of the best. And this is something about 49ers football and you know all about it, but they're very big on being able to pass block if you're a running back. Mm -hmm. So that is something that he excels in. And that's something that's really good for play action. And that's something that Jaguars definitely need with Blake Bortles because they have to play that scenario. So I think that Carlos Hyde gives them an advantage because he can obviously run the ball down their throat, but he, at the same time, He's a really good blocker when it comes to passing. So I think it gives them options and exactly what they need to kind of mess with other defenses in that regard. 
I think that I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I think you are 100% correct on Carlos Hyde. That is definitely an area where he excels. You know, the thing with Hyde is staying healthy. So if he can stay healthy, I actually think he is a very good fit for the Jaguars offense. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how he does, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's really something that the Jaguars have really come to reality about is that players have had to stay healthy. You know, they've they've struggled in that regard because if everyone were healthy, I mean, they started this this whole run with three and one. And absent all the injuries, I think that they would be in a very different place. But they've had to cope with it and they've had to move forward. And I think that Carlos Hyde is part of what they're doing to keep in the game at this juncture. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, you brought up the 49ers, and I know we talked about this a little before we started recording. Um, and I know you said that you were surprised they're not doing better. And I, I, am. I have I have some thoughts on that. So I want to talk about I know the 49ers are not probably of huge interest to people who aren't 49ers fans, but I do um, have some thoughts on it before we move on to something else. But you know, I think with the way the 49ers finished the season last year, there was a lot of hype and expectation. Um, but when the 49ers started the season last year, there was a feeling that would it be it would be at least like a two to three year rebuild. Uh, and I think the the addition of Jimmy Garoppolo took them a little bit from rebuilding to building. But there are still a lot of holes on the team. There's still a pass rush issue. There's still issues in the secondary. Uh, I think potentially Akella Witherspoon, partly probably because of injury and maybe even Adrian Colbert, who showed so much promise last year and I think still have the potential to be really good players in the league. They're still kind of figuring out where they fall and where they fit and and how they're going to perform. Um, and I think with the loss of McKinnon and a, the loss of Garoppolo, obviously things change dramatically on the offense. But we had talked about this before that with Garoppolo, I think they were a team that could contend for a wild card spot, probably weren't going to get it, but could contend for a wild card spot. Now they're in a situation where CJ Beathard has times where he plays really well. And then times where he plays really, really not well, you know, with Garoppolo, I do think some of those losses could have become wins because there were the late game mistakes by Beathard that, you know, at the end of the day, probably cost them games. That being said, I think sure. there were other things that happened during the game that got them to the point where those would cost games, but, but, but you know what I'm saying. So I'm actually not as shocked because I think it really is still a rebuilding team. It's just, they had Jimmy Garoppolo, which changed things dramatically. Um, just kind of the way he managed the game but there are still holes on the team and things that need to be done. And they really have to, they're going to have to hit gold with this draft in the early parts of the draft. They've done really well in later parts of the draft. Um, but they're really going to have to hit gold or strike gold for lack of a better term uh, in the early parts of the draft coming up. And, you know, there's things they're going to have to do in free agency. Um, but the end of the day, the other thing is they're also really hurting themselves. You know, I, I wrote about it last night and it's true. It's like turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. I mean, they have, right. they have committed, I think 15 turnovers in the last three weeks and they have forced none. So that also makes a huge difference. Those are costly mistakes that they are doing to themselves. You know, and that's something that happened in 
the Chargers game, the Arizona game, Green Bay Monday night. And then yesterday, they were never going to win that game. But, I mean, there was and, – and I'm actually not even all that shocked with how that game went. I mean, the Brands are – I'm not shocked, but – yeah. Oh, go ahead, Seth. No, I'm not shocked, but at the same time, Tracy, I mean, and let's let's be honest here. Injuries happen. Like, you're not going to get just every single person that you plan to have in your roster. And if you don't account for that, I think there's something to be said for but that. But they're not, I guess what I'm okay. saying is they're not there yet. And I don't think, I guess as someone who's, covers the team I never thought they were. They don't have that kind of depth. So they really were a team that if Garoppolo went down, it changed everything. So do you think that they, I mean, there's no timetable, obviously, but do you think that the fans were too hopeful and thinking that this was the end-all be-all and that they were going to be in contention? Or do you think that the fans... Just hope too soon. I think that I think the way they finished the season last year created a lot of hype and that everyone was probably had too much expectation on what the reality of what they were gonna be. Because even with Garoppolo, if they'd had Jimmy and he was healthy all season long, I would have said eight and eight, maybe nine and seven. Right. But more likely eight and eight. Now there are there's a lot of season left to go. They now have the Cardinals, the Raiders, and the Giants in their next Mm -hmm. three games. So I actually do believe they will win two of those three games. So, you know, there's a lot of season left. It's, they're still not going to end with like a super fantastic season, obviously. But I think they can win, you know, two of those next three games. But they are going to have to cut down on the mistakes. They cannot have right. these same mistakes week after week. Like I said, yesterday they were never going to win. But I think the other three games, they very well could have win one, excuse me, with less with less mistakes, especially, you know, the turnovers. The turnovers are going to be the big thing. But do you think they will? Do you think they're going to actually do it? Yeah, I don't know. Time will tell. I mean, really, I think it's, I, I think it's, you know, I think it's a, I think CJ Beathard has to get better of knowing when to just throw it away um, and has to have better, right. you know, awareness. Uh, they've got to hold on to that football. They, you know, I, they also have to start forcing some turnovers. So, you know, I think the next three weeks will be very telling, but I'm not really shocked with how, what their record is at this time. I, I maybe I didn't think it'd be quite this bad, but I think really once Garoppolo went down, it just changed the whole team. Good teams have depth and it's not all about the starting quarterback, but on this team, that's not where they are yet. So. Right. And I think it like kind of sent, like you can sense, like a, a, you know, you could sense that they were they had not given up, but there was a wind out of their sails. This was their high hopes. It was, it was a but big I don't, deal. And I don't think, yeah, you know, yeah. in fairness to them, I don't think they have. I think it was hard losing Garoppolo was hard, no doubt about it. You know, Kyle said the day after, you know, he said, "I, I don't want to sugarcoat it. It was hard waking right. up this morning." But I do believe him, and I do believe the team. And that they really like rallied behind CJ and then they just got, you know, right back to work. But it changes, it changes the makeup of the team. It just, you know, one thing that they have not been able to do is play well on offense and play well on defense. It's been one or the other. Yesterday they didn't play well anywhere, 
but it's been one or the other. Um, and, you know, there's there's still a rebuilding football team. So, you know, it's still going to take a little time, but I think that the way they finished last year put so much expectation on them and probably put unrealistic expectations, um, which I understand why they were that way. But so I have to say I'm not completely shocked by kind of what we've seen so far. That's fair. And that's why you cover that the 49ers. Is, is, I mean, there's a lot. <laughs> that is why I cover the 49ers. It's uh, tough. It's, it's a tough Yeah. Game. So I think, you know, we'll see. But I think, you know, the Rams are also so good and quite legit. 7-0. and oh. I mean, they are top. Aaron Donald is just, I mean, he had like the game of his life yesterday. But you, know, you watch him yesterday, and you're almost like, is he underpaid? Um, but I think, or watch him Sunday. You guys are going to be listening to this on Tuesday. But, I mean, that's an incredible football team right there. So I don't know that yesterday is also even the most fair um, representation of the team. Right. I mean, when we first started this whole podcast, like I was like, the Rams are scary good. And I think, you know, everyone's like, yeah, they're the, you know, they're the faves and they're the best and all that. But you could see, see it building and you knew exactly what they were doing and it was sort of if you follow football on a regular basis it was sort of predictable because you saw what was happening there and you know what they have like totally done everything that you would expect of a football team to do that wants to win the Super yes Bowl. i think so, that's very true but i also think the rams are for 49ers fans a great team to look at because, you know, they've got a great young head coach who's done great things with that quarterback. They've really built that team. And I don't think it's completely unrealistic that the 49ers could be in a similar position position in the next, um, you know, couple of years, but it is going to take some time and there'll probably be more turnover on the roster. Um, and there are things that they have to figure out uh, for the long term. But I personally, and I've seen fans say things on Twitter, like I have confidence in Shanahan I have confidence in John Lynch. Like this takes a little bit of time. Uh, so it does, but how much time? Because I think the Rams went pretty quickly from the Rams being bad. not that good. The Rams had better personnel to begin with. So when Sean McVay took over, the Rams had Tom, Todd Gurley, Jared Goff, Aaron Donald. Right. So the, the Rams had a lot better personnel you know, right off the bat. But think about how different the 49ers are going to be. Like, think about it. Jarek McKinnon hadn't gotten injured, and Matt Breida was your backup running back. And Raheem Mostert came in at time. You know, think about how different that is. And Garoppolo with the chemistry, that was good. You know, I think that that's a very different situation. Um, So I think that those are things to consider. And I think, like I said, they're going to have to hit it in the draft. They've spent first round draft picks on defensive players. I think only one of whom is really showing that he can be a playmaker and a star, but he really doesn't have, doesn't have any help around him. And, you know, I have high hopes for Ruben Foster, but I think even Ruben Foster is struggling in these last few games in a way that maybe we didn't predict. So there are still things that need to be done. So in an effort to wrap it yes. up here, um, you obviously have a lot to say about the 49ers, and I love what you have to say. 
what I'm curious about is do you think that they can pick it up in the next? Yes, I am. I do. I do think they can. I I do think they can. So we'll see for sure. Obviously Uh, my prediction may not be completely right, but I actually do think they can. I think they've done well in the draft. It's just in that early, that first round, they're going to have to probably stop that. Yeah. Really? That's my feeling on that. Um, And we are unfortunately running out of time today. Um, So that's the most we're probably going to talk about, but I do want to take a quick minute. Uh, The world series is starting LA versus Boston, which should be a really great series. I don't think it's a big secret. I am an LA Dodgers fan. Steph is very much not an LA Dodgers fan. (laughs) <laughs> so, but you know, here we have the Dodgers. And- I'm sorry, crazy. I love it's you. It's okay. But- I can, you know what? I can accept it and I can respect it. Um, but that is. Uh, I feel bad. I meant to have a private conversation. Okay. With you. you don't have to feel bad. You're you are a Giants fan. It is your birthright to hate the Los Angeles Dodgers. And I was. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't. I was born and raised in Los Angeles. And for those of you who don't know, my grandparents got season tickets when the Dodgers moved here 60 years ago. So I like was raised on the Dodgers. And though I'm also a brave fan, which is a story for another time, um, I will be rooting for the Dodgers. But it should be a good World Series. So the fun continues there. Um, And we are. I'm I'm very happy for you. And I'm I'm happy for the long suffering. LA fans, the legit fans, but like as a you know, as a birthright to me, I have to root against them. It's just immoral. I understand it. I understand. And next week we can talk more about it because uh we'll have had quite a few games under our belt. It could be over. So we shall see. Um so all right guys, well thanks for joining us. We will talk to you next week on our another edition of Fangirl Talk. Uh in the meantime, make sure you are at going to fgsn.com following us at Fangirl Sports, at Fangirl Sports Network, um, so you can keep up with all our content throughout the week. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good night.